Thank you for joining us on the Just For Show show, the podcast where we share our common love of theater with fellow artists in our community. I'm Heidi Swarthout. I'm Justin Schaller. I'm Galen Malik. And now, on with the show. Welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Beck. Please have a seat. Thank you for taking this meeting with us today, Mr. Malley. Oh, yes. Thank you so much, Mr. Malley. Your five-star review rating online really impressed us. We knew immediately that the acting lab was the perfect school for our boy Bear. It's a shame we couldn't bring him with us today. He's very enthusiastic about starting acting classes. How nice. We take great pride in the work we do here. As I explained to your husband on the phone, we like to meet with the parents first, informally, and ask a few questions to determine if the acting lab is in fact the best fit for everyone involved. If after today's meeting, we both agree that this is the best case, the next step would be to arrange a meeting. Well, an audition of sorts with Bear. Oh, that's just fine. Our Bear is not shy at all. He's a good boy. I imagine he is. Oh, yes. He's such a good boy. And he has real presence. Everyone who meets him tells us that he should be an actor. Even his name sounds like a movie star, Bear Beck. Ah, of course. Sounds like Bear is the apple of your eye. How old is he? He just turned six last month. A bit late to get him started, but we do have a fairly high success rate with older students as well. Did you see the sauce and soup commercial that aired around Christmas time? The one with the little girl and the Dalmatian running through the snow together? That was one of our students, and she was seven years old when they filmed it. Wow. Oh, dear. We, we thought we were, we were getting him started early. Well, he's a quick learner anyway. That's very good to hear. Tell me a little bit about Bear. What would you say motivates him? Same as most, I suppose. Praise for a job well done, that kind of thing. And mom's homemade cookies, of course. (laughs) Sure. Well, here at the Acting Lab, we believe in rewarding good performances with praise and treats, too. Though I'm sure we can all agree that sometimes a rolled-up newspaper or a few spritzes from the old spray bottle don't hurt in correcting a bad performance. Uh, We don't believe in motivating through fear or intimidation. Of course not. But our students must know who is in control of the classroom. Oh, yes, of course. Bear definitely responds well to authority. Excellent. I feel like I know so much about your bear already. Next, I'd like to ask you a few standard questions. Sound all right? Sure. Certainly. Is Bear up to date on his vaccinations? Yes. Yes. Is he prone to violence? No, oh, no. not at all. Has he ever bitten anyone? Oh, well, just <sighs> once. I mean, Aunt Betty tried to put a bonnet on him, but... but that was a long time ago. Has he been tested for worms and other parasites recently? So what? What, what kind of questions are these? Now, dear. No, really, just hold on just a minute. Bear is a bright little boy. He wasn't too interested when I tried to play catch with him, and that's okay. But he loves movies and plays and and singing and dancing. He has a big heart, and he said he wants to be an actor when he grows up. And that's why we're here today, so so our son can learn and grow in a supportive, creative environment. You'd be lucky to have him in your school. Now, if you can't help us, you insist on these ridiculous questions about worms and biting. Mr. Mrs. Beck, I believe there's been a misunderstanding You say Bear is a six-year-old little boy? Well, yes, that's right. Bear is six years old and in kindergarten. Your sign says right on it that your school is for all grade levels. The acting lab, K through nine. 
What is the problem? That's K9. Yeah, that's what she said. K through nine. No, not K through nine. Just K9. K9, you know? Woof, woof. Uh, what? Um, no. We train dog actors. Oh. Yeah. Well, that Dalmatian was a hack anyway. Didn't make me want soup at all. Lousy school. Look, let's go, dear. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going home to write a review about this place. One star. <laughs> <laughs> So, Heidi, Justin, I think it was W.C. Fields who was credited as saying, never work with children or animals. <laughs> Have you worked with children or animals before? Oh, yeah. No, so, yeah. I, uh, we did an original piece at Steel Beam called When Not That Good Will Do. And the final scene was between me and my niece, and I was finding out that my brother and his wife were having their baby. Because the whole time you're watching the show, the show starts with the sister-in-law being pregnant. And then by the end of it, she has the baby. So, um, yeah, but everyone was like, oh, no, that was such a nice scene. And it was so great. And, yeah, the and, of course, that's terrible. I can't remember her name. She made us all little bracelets and everything with our names. Oh. She was so sweet. So I don't believe in that. Um, I think it's... I think it's great to work with children because it's like they teach you to be more free and less um, guarded. I think as adults, we get very guarded because we go through different interactions with people and it makes us kind of become reclusive within ourselves. So um, children are just so free and imaginative. So I really liked work and I worked too at the Metropolis, um, their summer camp program for um, kids in elementary, middle and high school. And it was fantastic, the productions that these kids who are anywhere from six and seven all the way up to 17 and 18 that they would put on um, in, you know, at the end of the summer. It was great. Animals, I've never, didn't Gail talk about potentially having the dog in Sweet Surrender be an actual dog at some point? I don't remember Maybe. that. I, I know another production of Sweet Surrender um, with Elgin Theater Company, they had a real dog in their show. Yeah, and that, because yeah, the night that we saw it, it was fairly quiet, but once the dog had come out onto stage and then went backstage after its performance, the dog was loud. So um, that kind of took you a little bit out, I think, of the performance. So I think- Oh, but it was such a cute dog though, too. I'm a dog lover, so, you know, any chance to see a dog. It's a yeah. cute dog, but it definitely would create challenges for sure. Oh, yeah. Have you worked with animals, Heidi? I was trying to think about that while we were sitting here. And the one thing that I remember about working with an animal was, and I didn't really have to handle the animal, but um, in college, I was in a production of You Can't Take It With You. And there is a kitten or, yeah, there's a kitten in that show, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, sorry, it's been a very long time and there are so many characters in that play. That play is bonkers, but um, there's a kitten. And so I have stayed in touch with people from my college theater department, including you know professors. And over the years, because, you know, cats live very long lives. It's been a minute since I was in college. And so I've gotten to see pictures on Facebook of this cat. You know, I, I, I think, 
I think that the cat is maybe officially no longer with us, but after many years, cat lived a good long life. I'm allergic <laughs> to cats. So I would have been backstage, like sitting on my hands because I would have wanted to pet it so bad and, you know, couldn't, or else I would have gotten very sick. Um, kids. I've definitely worked with kids. I've directed some children's theater and I love, I do love working with kids. They're just um, incredibly uninhibited in ways that, you know, adults and teens are a little bit more worried about how do I look? Am I doing it right? You know, there's all that self-doubt and kids don't have any of that. They just go for it. There are challenges though, too. So I, I, I mean, Justin gave like the sweet side. I will tell you <laughs> once upon a time, I directed a production of the best Christmas pageant ever. And there was one guy who had a lot of energy. We'll call him Bobby and definitely belonged on the stage because he, he loved attention and he loved doing things to get attention saying things to get attention. And at first, the first couple of rehearsals, I found myself like getting a little frustrated, like, okay, you know, all right, Bobby, we gotta get, okay, Bobby, are you good? And then I sort of realized at some point that if, if I started the rehearsal by, you know, okay, everybody, before we get started, Bobby is going to do a couple of cartwheels for us. And I would just give him the stage for just a minute or two before we got started. And he would, he would cartwheel across the stage. He would tell a few jokes. He would have his time and then he'd get to work. So we, we made it work, but most, most experiences have been wonderful. Um, I have a card that I keep and I look at on days that I'm feeling low because there was an amazing little girl named Jenna who um, was a kindergartner and she was in one of the classes that Lori Holm and I taught together. And she was just such a natural clown. She's so funny and so physical and bright and just an awesome kid. And when, um, when we finished the classes and we finished their showcase, she gave Lori and I each a chocolate bar and a card that she had written. You know, it, was, it wasn't a, a stock card. It was just paper that she had written on. And she drew a picture of, of herself and me. And the picture was of her handing me the chocolate bar, which I just loved because I'm like, this just happened and now I'm, oh my God. I thought it was so clever, but it said on the front of it, you sparkle like the sun. Oh, I mean, who doesn't want to hear that? So kids are pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. I think I never want to work with animals. I have before. It wasn't a disaster, but it's not, nothing good can come of it as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's just, it should be your very last option, in my opinion, to, to have a live animal on stage. Uh, kids, it's it's very situational, right? I know children's theater that's for kids and that's a learning environment and, and they're kind of the focus of the, of the show. Um, that's a whole thing onto itself, which is fantastic and some beautiful things come out of that. Uh, having, having a, um, a show that's primarily adults, but like putting in children actors or, or very young actors in it um, is risky 
in my opinion, if I'm going to be in a show that's primarily adults and it's a live show, um, I don't want to leave a lot of things to chance. And <laughs> having kids on stage leaves a lot of things to chance, man. It just makes me too nervous. I, I hear you. I do. The, I, was, I was just sitting here thinking, I was in a production of On Golden Pond, and there's a, a young teen, preteen in that show, and it's a, a boy named Billy. Our director decided to gender bend and we had a, a girl named Billy and played by an actress named Morgan. And you do have this moment where you get to the first read and you're like, oh my God, you know, she's this little bitty girl. What's, how's this gonna go? And she was such a professional, I mean, maybe more so than me. And she was on top of it. She knew her lines. She knew her cues. I never, I never worried about her. It didn't feel like leaving anything to chance because she was so with it. So there you have it. Should you work with children or animals? I guess it depends on the child and it depends on the animal. Now on to the interview portion of the show. And who are we talking to today? Today we have the privilege of being joined by Lori Holm, who is an actor, director, and an instructor of theater and improv throughout the Fox Valley. Hey, Lori. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. <laughs> ah. All right. I, I'm glad to sit here and talk with you guys. It's, it's, I appreciate someone asking me questions. That's nice. <laughs> so, Lori, how did you, like, come to be involved in theater, like, as a young person? So, when I was a little, when I was young... I was raised um, as a Jehovah's Witness. And as a Jehovah's Witness, one of the things that we did is we would go to this huge convention like once or twice a year. And I remember it was held at uh, the racetrack. I think it might have been Arlington Racetrack, which I always thought was really funny because it was a religious organization, but we were like at this betting track. It seemed very odd to me. <laughs> Even as a little kid, I was like, well, why are we, I don't know, it didn't matter. But anyways, so we would sit for days, all day long, and we would listen to different preachers speak on different topics. And, and as a kid, it was very, very, very boring. <laughs> but what they would do on one of the days is they would have like a play. And I remember watching because it was a story and it would be it would be some story from the bible and it would be a play and they would act it out and i couldn't wait for that to happen i remember looking in the program to see what day was that going to be that's the thing i looked forward to and one year when we went there was a child in it and immediately i watched and i thought i could do that i knew i could do it like I want to, how do I, how do I find out how to do this? How do I be able to perform at the Jehovah's Witness convention? <laughs> and did you just like take the stage? Did you just go up there and knock that other little munchkin off the <laughs> <No>. stage? <laughs> I guess that would probably not be within no. um, the bounds of, of where you were. I think that was really like my very, very first thing. Um, I don't even think I knew what it meant at the time. I just I just was really taken by it. And then when I got a little bit older, my mom worked for a company where we got to go to Chicago and we saw Annie on stage. 
So Annie was actually the very, very first production that I ever saw in a straight up theater. And again, you know, that cast is full of young people. I think the production of Annie was sort of the nail in the coffin for me because that, that, you know, the rest is history, I guess, but yeah, that's where it started. There's such, <laughs> I think there's such power in that, right? When you see a reflection of yourself, it's yes. like, and that you're like, and I could do that just like that person who's my age is doing that. There's something yeah. so powerful about that. Yeah. And, it's, it's wonderful. It's magical. It's empowering. Do you think that that's what led you? Cause I know Heidi had talked about the work that you did with, um, was it inmates that whom you worked with in a theater capacity? Uh, yes, actually, um, that was a program that I started working right before the pandemic. And it was um, it's through the Kane County Jail. And it was a program that was started with Sheriff Ron Hain for the people that are staying at the King County Jail. Because some of them are there waiting for court dates and some of them are there waiting for transfer. So it started with work programming so that when people leave the facility, they have new skills that they've acquired. So that they leave a facility and they have some sort of a chance or an opportunity to take steps in a different direction, which is fantastic. Yeah, so... um, my my opportunity came really just because I answered the phone at the Steel Beam Theater and they didn't really know what they quite wanted to do or how they quite wanted to do it. And fortunately, ideas came to me almost immediately because I had spent already many years uh, teaching, directing, and then also producing work. So I was able to sit down with them and suggest, here's where I suggest we can maybe begin. Here's where I feel it might fit into what you're trying to do. And the idea was really to give them a safe and healthy way to express emotionally and also possibly be able to tell their own stories. We started with improvisation because it's something that gets people acting immediately it takes a bit of the fear, I think, away from what exactly is acting when we do it through games. And um, right before pandemic was when we had all of the pieces in place to go and then everything changed. So uh, hopefully you'll be able to pick that up again. Yes, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of like an, an ambassador of theater to, to people who I haven't done it before because you did some classes with uh, some youth programs too, right? Correct. Yes. As a matter of fact, uh, Galen, I, I feel like it might be where I thrive. I like the opportunity of introducing people to theater who have never dipped their toe in the performance realm yet. I feel most comfortable and very, very excited about seeing other humans, no matter what their ages, like, like they spark when they, when they feel it in themselves, when they feel that, that can do moment. It's really exciting. And I, I, I love to do that. Most of all, I love to work with people that are just beginning. And I, I have the pleasure of working alongside you in that capacity um, and teaching a youth class with the itty bitty kids, because I've learned yeah. over time that if Lori Holm calls me, 
and, and says, will you do X, Y, Z? I don't even have to hear what X, Y, Z is. I say yes. And um, so for <laughs> time, <laughs> I said yes to, to teaching kindergartners with, with Lori Holm. And you mentioned something about, you know, no matter the age, and that was, you know, something else that we wanted to ask you about, you know, what do you find the differences are between working with, you know, small children versus teens versus adults? Small children are my favorite <laughs> because they create and they tell stories and they play so easily without self-editing. I, I truly believe that actors that are older can learn from young children immediately because they 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 go for it and they don't self-edit and they're they try all the ideas. Our littlest kids have like the greatest, the greatest thoughts. You know, they can imagine anything. Middle, middle school and early high school students, uh, there's a time period where you can begin to see something change with young people, where they start to become aware that others watch them or that others may be judging them and things change then. Middle school and young high school students are wonderful to work with for different reasons. And sometimes they can become a little more intellectual about what they're doing. And yet also at the same time can sometimes be very shy about sharing or putting out there their information. And a lot of times what I have found is many high school and middle school students will run things by me first before they actually put it in front of their peers. And the, the self-discovery is still really there and the storytelling is absolutely still there, but it comes in a, it comes in a different form. And then adults, adults are wonderful because they have life experience behind them. And so they have so many stories to share because they have gained life experience and they have gained their own opinions, uh, some very strong opinions about life itself. Adults can be the hardest to engage in what they may feel is silliness. That can be tough to do. Uh, so I, each, each one of those age groups, I almost feel like you have to work with them differently. They all require, I mean, just like human beings, we are all individuals and therefore we learn differently or express differently. And with those groups of people, I feel the same to be true. You're such a Renaissance woman. You've, you've done the ambassadorship, <laughs> you've done the, you know, you've worked in the education realm, you've been an administrator, you know, at the theater, but you've also directed and acted as well. And I guess I would like to, because I did get to see um, your production of Night Mother, and I'd be curious to know how you approach directing a scripted play as opposed to leading a group in a set, an educational setting. Um, Night Mother was uh, really, thank you for seeing that, first of all, and um, even asking about it. That, that was a really wonderful experience. First of all, because I've been able to work with Sean Hargaden for such a long time, we have built a relationship and we definitely have a, um, a trust between us. 
And he and I were talking about different scripts, but I think ultimately he asked me, Hey, what, you know, what excites you? What do you, do you have something you're excited about? And night mother was one of those pieces for me. Um, I had seen it performed. I had read it. Um, I had read it aloud with friends and I, I thought, well, yeah, I'd like to try this. I liked it because it was only two characters And the challenge with it was that we were going to do it in the round and we were going to do it with other plays. So we had to be able to set up breakdown um, quickly. That script is incredibly heavy as far as props. And I mean, incredibly heavy. Uh, So the very first challenge that I came across was the editing that I chose to do and had the power to do um, because I was allowed that power to cut out what I chose to cut as far as prop use and to simplify and continually ask, what can we do without, without um, destroying the, the story? Um, What can we do without and still continue to push the story forward? And, what can we do without to simply simplify it overall? The actors, uh, Maureen Morley played uh, the mother and I called her immediately. She has been um, one of my first mentors in, in regards to acting, incredibly talented woman. And I immediately, I called her and asked her to jump on board and thankfully she did. And then the young woman that played her daughter um, had acting experience, but still in ways was quite green. And it was, it was a great experience because of that. So I hope that answered your question. It was a, it was a, it was great. It was a great experience. What is that like to direct someone who you, um, not only have such admiration for, but then also see as this person whom you aspire to emulate yourself after. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Intimidating. I was, I was quite nervous. Um, but I, I love her and she's um, wonderful to work with. Um, hugely team and incredibly humble. Um, so very quickly, I realized it was just going to be a journey we were going to get to take together. Um, but I was absolutely, I was absolutely intimidated <laughs> and excited at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she's yeah. great. She's, and she's great on the other end, too, uh, you know, as an actor, but she's also great as a director. Just a wonderful yeah. person to work with. Just, just like you, Laurie Holm. <laughs> yeah, we all miss it, man. We all miss it. What's an acting experience that you look back fondly on? Lots of them. Oh my gosh. In fact, I I hesitate to to name because there's so many and I I do, I'll share a brief story with you to maybe answer that question. My husband and I, we love to watch films and there are times when we will see something and we'll be like, wow, that person always works with so-and-so every time. Like Adam Sandler is a good example. If you see an Adam Sandler, Sandler film, any of them, there's going to be faces that you're going to see again and again, obviously people that he enjoys working with. So I think what I have learned and being able to do this for a long period of time 
there are always new faces that come to the mix and the, and it's it's wonderful to to work with new people because you learn from each other and also because it's been a longer period of time i get very excited about the group of people that I get to work with on a regular basis, like, oh, we've done this together before, or, oh, we did this together before, or, oh, I haven't seen you since we did X, Y, Z. Um, it's, it's great to build that trust and then find yourself again and again, a part of a team that involves a group that you, because the trust factor is a huge thing, I think, to sit across from a scene partner and go and think before you even have you know your first rehearsal okay we can do this we can do this together because we've done this before you know it's that's what i like that's rewarding yeah that's so true about um having that trust because it does create for a lot of honesty within a scene because you you can just sort of look at the other person and know like oh you're going there okay i'm gonna go there with you and it it can all be communicated a look if you know someone well enough right yeah do you have um any uh, specific stories of a magic moments like that 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 happened on stage <laughs> i have i do um and it was one that was not in public no one saw it <laughs> oh. um, many years ago um jennifer wilson hicks and i went to chicago and we auditioned for a, a group that was doing pieces um, that was strictly women. And we had to have a scene prepared. We had to know, you know, we had to rehearse it. We had to know it. And then we went in basically and auditioned with our piece. And if you were chose um, to be a part of what would be like the end production, uh, there was a theater in Chicago where on, on one night, all of these scenes were going to be, you know, played back to back. And our draw to go there was because we knew there were also be Chicago directors and producers present. So it was a nice way to be able to perform as an act, not in an audition um, scenario, but actually a performance scenario. So you've refined it and know that we were going to be seen by groups of people. So she and I had uh, this, this scene that we had played out. And it's two women that are in a car and the car um, flips upside down. There's an accident. So she and I used uh, two chairs. So it was the two of us, two chairs. We sat in the middle of the stage. And um, this was during our pre-show rehearsal time, which meant that we had the theater to ourselves. So here we were alone in the theater with our two chairs on stage running our scene. And we choreographed so that we would be sitting on the chairs and when the cue came, we would both lean to one side. And I believe we leaned in a way where I would take my legs and flip them so I wouldn't hit her head. And we literally flipped upside down in the chairs. Now we've done it many times and it works out great. This night, pre-performance, when we were alone in the theater, we hit the cue, we did the turn, and both of our chairs flew out from underneath us. Hers went off to stage left, mine went off to stage right, and we ended up going straight down 
with our asses on the floor. <laughs> and of course, after the initial shock, we just busted out laughing because it was perfect <laughs> and no one was hurt. And we could have just kept right on going with the scene. And we laughed so hard. And then we were entirely disappointed because no one saw it. <laughs> I don't know how many uh, other folks in, in the local theater scene are as much of a uh, Swiss army knife as you are, as far as trying your hand at so many different things. Instruction, you did some teaching, you did some uh, directing, some performing, all sorts of things. Yeah, you, you've done some improv too, right? Yes, I have done some improv um, and then, I, and I love it. I really love improv. I have a huge, huge respect for people that do improv well. Um, I honestly believe that every actor should do so at some point uh, because it's a, it's a great skill set. Whether you perform Shakespeare or whether you um, are a musician, it's a great skill set to try and, and learn. Yeah, spontaneity uh, is so important in acting, and I think it definitely drives that home. That ability to be spontaneous on stage, even though you're performing the same piece night after night as a, an actor in a play, um, I think that that definitely builds muscles that you don't get yeah. when you're just performing in straight plays. It, it, and I think I've taught improv more than I have actually performed it. Uh, although I agree with you, Justin, because it, it, you know, maybe we, we perform improv a lot more than we think that we do because of circumstances, you know, being able to think on your feet, even in the middle of a scripted play. I think that I have ended up teaching it more because I love to work with actors I love to watch them work and see what they're going to create. And I love to, I don't know, there's just something I get to still be a part of the telling the story as a director or a teacher. Um, but I really love watching other people bring out the best of themselves on stage. It's just a very exciting thing to see happen. And in improvisation, it happens, it sparks a lot because you're making it up as you go along. How would you say your directing experience feeds your acting experience? Well, as an actor, um, the concentration, as an actor, it's very fine-tuned toward the character that you're creating. Uh, how, how does that character interact with others? What are other characters saying about your character? How, how would you move within a scene or speak? So it's a lot of detail orientation toward one character as an actor. As a director, it is absolutely about everyone as a whole for myself. I, I think in general, you're, you're, as a director, you're, you're keeping that big picture in mind always, 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 always. I may lose some of the details because I'm concentrating on all of the characters versus as an actor, I get to spend a lot of time with detail with one character. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And Justin, you can relate. You, you know, kind of been down both of those roads recently too. So yeah, that completely makes sense. Yeah, and that's right. And, and so Justin, let me ask you if you can see where I'm coming from as a director, I want to count on the actors 
to be very detail oriented with what they're creating. Yeah, I would say I, <laughs> I think so much of directing is is luck. <laughs> it's you know who you end up yeah. finding to play the roles, because you know the the cast that I got, I was just so lucky to get, and yeah, so much of it is just who you who you have there. You had mentioned earlier your experience with Night Mother. You had a very seasoned actor and a you know a newer actor, and so that poses different challenges. Whereas the last show I worked on had a lot of actors who had a lot of experience. Um, and so it was almost like, you know, I had some notes as we went along, but it was very much, um, I don't know, it just felt like there was exploring going on that I didn't even think would occur. Nice. You're going through the process. So Lori, mm -hmm. I was curious about, um, you do some things that are just, you know, what everyone thinks of as a local theater. Like there's the neighborhood theater, they put on a show, it has a cast and a, and a script and people show up. Um, but you go w way outside of that to do all sorts of other projects. Is that something that you intentionally try to look for or is it just sort of the way that things happen? Um, maybe both. Um I also get inspired by the the people and the experiences that I'm around, like most of us creatives do. The Steel Beam Theater, I was able to be a part of their haunt, which was a, a fundraiser for them. And that was a project that I was just incredibly excited about because I am an October country person. So to be able to be on the ground floor for producing and running and um, training young people to be able to to do a haunt as a walkthrough. And then not, not only that, but able to help put the walls up and, and paint the artwork that was on the part of the experience too, was just a ton of fun. I also have, because of being able to produce some of the improv shows that were at Steel Beam and being a huge fan for many years, like a lot of people on Saturday Night Live, I had the opportunity there to put improv on stage and then incorporate live music, which is also just a love of mine. And um, so that opened a door for me to start working with musicians and being a part of working with their creativity and collaborating with them. Um, so I think partially maybe my heart or soul seeks it out. And then also it's been um, uh, of maybe just asking others, hey, if I did X, would you want to collaborate? Or being able to go to, the artistic director at a theater and say, I'd like to try this, you know, is it a possibility? Can we rent your place? Have you ever done this? I also get really excited about placing people together. If I meet someone or see someone's production or watch someone else work, and then I think of another person that I want to put them with in order to do an entirely new project, I get very excited about that too. And so you just, certainly do that. You certainly bring people together you know, from all of your, your different experiences and you're sort of, um, you know, a nexus in that way, in a beautiful way in your community and in all the things that you make. So it's I'm glad you said that, Heidi, because I have something in mind that would include you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a large That's walrus, how it starts. Yes. walrus and yes. Um, some jello. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. What else? The, the walrus and the jello sign me up. I'll fill you in on the details. Later. It's fine. <laughs> no, um, I mean, once upon a time, 
<laughs> I was in a children's uh, show. I was playing a, a princess who wanted to be a witch. And um, I believe that Lori Holm was uh, pushing me on stage on a skateboard and dumping water on me. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just said, yes, 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 that's fine. I'm sure it's all fine. <laughs> Happy to follow you blindly, Lori Holm. Oh, you my gosh. Thank carry you. That kind of <laughs> um, so what's next for Lori Holm? What is wow. um, what, what are some scripts that you would love to tackle either as an actor or a director? What are some projects that you still yearn to do when we are able to do such things again? Ooh, um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, honestly. Um, when pandemic hit, I took theater, quote unquote, or teaching, directing the creative side of my life. And I folded it up very neatly and placed it in a box and put that box up on a shelf. and. Um, I shut the door. And I know now looking back after the past year that the reason that I did that uh, was to protect myself emotionally. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, I haven't opened that box only but maybe a couple times this year. Uh, by one, attending workshops through Janus Theater, um, in very safe, you know, uh, environments with a lot of protocol and to reading through some scripts. Um, and, and each time it's, it's still very difficult because we don't really have a lot of answers right now and we don't necessarily have timelines yet. Um, so I don't really have an answer to that, that question at this point. I, I do find that recently I am having discussions just like this one more openly and it feels okay. It feels good. Uh, it feels that we all have each other. We're not alone. Um, but I, I, I dare not, I dare not dream yet for myself. I'm not at that place yet. That's completely understandable. And we will dream for you of working with you when the world opens back up. <laughs> that, thank you. That is very kind. What plays should we be reading while we're waiting to be able to get back on stage, Lori Holm? Ooh. Um, uh, my favorite, well, let me put it this way. My favorite Shakespeare villain is Iago. <laughs> um, so I really, I really love to read his monologues, he's just incredibly devious. And uh, so that that's a, just a really fun character to dive into. And I would say script wise, wow, Heidi, Heidi, I think is an excellent person to turn to for some script recommendations. In fact, I tend, I tend to ask others, you know, what, what should I read? What should I read? You've mentioned Shakespeare multiple times. So I guess I want to ask who started your love for Shakespeare? Probably, it was probably school. It was probably like in high school, you know, when we had to have recommended reading. Romeo and Juliet was what we read. That was the recommended reading, which I don't know if it still is now for high school, but I think that is what 
drew me in because the language is so wonderful to me. Shakespeare can take a simple sentence like, go over there and get that and turn it into this poem, really. <laughs> you know, of a, of a sentence that seems quite simple and yet in his hands it is not. So that is what I love, the deliciousness of his language. Yes, and so you mentioned Othello being a favorite Shakespeare, or at least Iago being a favorite villain. Yes, yes. Is Othello, would you say that's your favorite drama? And, um, or I guess just generally speaking, what's what's your favorite Shakespeare drama? What's your favorite Shakespeare comedy? Um, I think that's kind of like music where it just depends on the day. You know, you can't yeah. name, like, you can't name a favorite song necessarily. It just depends on the day. I feel like that. Um, with Shakespeare. I like uh, uh, Titus is is great. Um, the the Maybe it's all of the stories, are, they're so extreme, aren't they? They're just so like extreme. I think yeah. that's, I think that might be another draw because it's not, you know, it's not go over there and pick up that thing. It's that there's going to be three murders and some um, disguises along the way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> There's intrigue, right? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot. Yeah, he had to appeal to groups of folks who may not necessarily be so interested in the poetry, but he was able to reach that audience as well. It was like he could reach the very high level audience with the poetry of his words, and then he could reach those folks who maybe weren't as educated with the intrigue and the, you know, murders and the deception and the, yeah. Right. It's, it, it is, it is for everyone and written for everyone, you know. And so when you're not making theater, what are some other things that Lori Holm enjoys? Hobbies? How are you spending your time when you're not? I love music. I love live music. I miss live music hugely. Um, I love the blues, especially, uh, but I love all kinds of music. Uh, the storytelling is right there within the blues, too. So there you go. I love movies. Always have, always will. Uh, and I really love to be outdoors a lot. So right now, snowshoeing because it's winter in the Midwest. But uh, when it's nicer out, you know, camping, hiking, canoeing, all that stuff. I love it. You talked earlier about um, how you've learned from other folks and how you've used those tools that you've learned from other folks. Do you have any sort of like words of wisdom or items from those people that you would like to share with? Yes. Um, my words of wisdom that I think will engulf um, maybe everyone, because I absolutely have many, many teachers in my life. I have always said, if you can show me, I can learn doesn't mean that I can do it excellently and be this master, but if you can show me, I can learn something. And I think if you ask someone, a lot of times people are very willing to share their knowledge with you. They can help you maybe avoid some hurdles or pitfalls. So I am really grateful that I've had many people in my life that have just been willing to share their knowledge. That's, I don't know. That's my advice. Just ask. Somebody will teach you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And with that, we are going to bring this episode of the Just For Show show to a close. Thanks once again to our good friend Lori Holm for sharing her stories with us. On behalf of Justin Schaller, Heidi Swarthout, and myself, thank you for listening. If you have questions, comments, or pie recipes you'd like to share, email them to justforshowpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>